Green Sense Show is sponsored by CEA Technology, providing a sustainable modular indoor growing system. Visit CEATECHN.com to learn more. I'm Robert Colangelo, and this is Green Sense, where we bring you eco innovations that are changing your world. What if homes were constructed differently to allow us to better manage our waste and use resources more efficiently? What if they were called an earthship and were built so strong that no foundation was required, provide load-bearing walls and thermal mass storage? Solar glazing along the front of the structure would heat the floors and the walls, providing comfortable, stable temperatures inside without using fossil fuels or wood. Operable windows and skylights would provide natural ventilation to cool the buildings. This week's guest is Deborah Binder, the Executive Director of Earthship Biotecture, to tell us more. Deborah, welcome to the Green Sense Show. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Well, originally you're from the Canary Islands in Spain. You've worked in six different continents, speak three languages fluently, and have managed over 25 Earthship construction projects. Um, so I have to ask you, the Canary Islands is a tropical paradise with one of the best climates in the world. Why did you leave? <laughs> you know, I get that question a lot, for sure. I guess I got island fever. You ever heard of island fever? Yes. <laughs> There's only so far you can run if you're on an island. So, <laughs> But not just that, you know, I mean, my, my dream would be obviously someday to go back to the islands and do something in sustainable construction and sustainable homes there, because there's really no better way of doing that than on an island. Um, yes. You know, I had to leave the nest and uh, go learn some stuff and hopefully someday go back. Well, you could always go back, but it's good to see the rest of the world and you've done that. Uh, so let's get right into it. What's an Earthship? So an Earthship is, it's called an Earthship because it is a vessel. That's what what we call it that provides everything that you need. So if you're, for example, on a sailboat in the middle of the ocean, you need to provide for yourself everything that you need. So you need to provide your own food, obviously, your own drinking water, your own wash water. You need to be comfortable. You need to be warm if it gets cold. You need to be able to cool yourself if it gets too hot. You need to do something with your own waste that unfortunately comes out of all of our bodies and with your trash. And so the concept of an earthship is exactly that. It's, you know, living in a vessel that provides all of that for you, but obviously not in the middle of the ocean, but on on our on planet Earth. So, and, you know, because we don't want to be swimming all the time. So, uh, so that's a great explanation. I appreciate that. Uh, tell us about uh, earthship biotecture. What do you do and how does that relate to earthships? Mm -hmm. So our company... Well, Earthship is, is a movement. It's more than just a company or an organization at this stage. It really is a global movement of people, of a community that see sustainable housing as one of the solutions of making the planet a better place and a better place for you know the future human beings that are going to be living on this planet. So it really is much more than just an organization or a company right now. But here in Taos, New Mexico is where our home base of the company is. And we have a, you know, a company, a for-profit company, and we also have a non-for-profit uh, where we do a lot of humanitarian projects. And what we do is we 
design and research these buildings and make them better every time we build one and then uh, go and sell them or build them all over the world. Um, and at this stage, there is an airship, at least one airship in every state in the U.S. And uh, there's thousands of airships all over the world. Um, you know, and then there's also a lot of people that come here to Taos and learn about airships and then implement some of those things that sustainable housing have to houses that already exist. So an so airship has six main principles. Um, it catches rainwater, which it, they're doing it a lot right now because, as I say, it's pouring down rain here. Um, and they filter that rainwater then for consumption and for washing. Uh, they use something called thermal mass for heating and cooling, uh, which means that we use earth, the earth itself. So some of these buildings are buried. Some of them are made out of huge walls to keep the temperature comfortable inside. Um, we also use renewable energy. So they're only on solar or wind energy. They're not plugged into any grid at all whatsoever. Um, and then they produce their own food. They have a way of recycling wastewater. They have a gray water system and a black water system for those that are familiar with it, which, which means that we have plants that recycle that water and then that grows your own food, grows vegetables and fruit in, in your greenhouse. And the fun part about airships, which a lot of people see what is the distinctive thing about airships is that they're built out of recycled materials. Not all of it, obviously, but about 55% of these buildings are made out of tires, old bottles, and they're actually pretty easy to build. So, you know, if you have some scrap tires in your backyard, you could go back there as soon as it stops raining and start building your own airship. Well, when I read about that and the use of the recycled materials, I envisioned ugly homes. But when I went on the website, it's amazing how beautiful these are, how unique they are, and how different they are in uh, uh, their design and structure. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. So the, in terms of the design, really you could adapt an airship to any type of design. Um, there's very modern airships out there. There's you know tiny little studios. And we've made big two-story, five-bedroom, five-bathroom houses uh, which can be very Gaudi-esque sometimes. And that's kind of depending on, you know, your own taste or what the person that we're building for uh, wants to. Our founder, whose name is Michael Reynolds, he is not only an architect and an incredible designer, but he's also an artist. So a lot of the buildings that we've constructed here uh, in our home base are a lot more Baroque and, and have a lot of different colors and bottle bricks uh which makes them look like you have jewels inside your house and you know and those are obviously the ones that you will see more more pictures of as well because it's what draws people's attention more but really you can do any type of design and every design will have those six principles you know from thermal mass to catching rainwater um having your own energy and they will all have that no matter how small or big these buildings are what the design is like well, let's get into the economics of owning a home. Uh, what does it cost to build, including the engineering, procurement, and construction, and excluding the land? Because that can vary greatly wherever you're at. Sure. So we're looking at around between $200 and $300 a square foot. And that's a very approximate value, obviously, because it very much depends 
on a lot of factors, depending on where you are, depending on where your materials are coming from. Transportation might be more expensive uh, in some places and in other places, um, you know, but that's kind of a ballpark. So really they compare to a normal house that you might be building. Um, they're actually not that much cheaper to build, but where you're saving money is once you have your house built and you're moving in, because you're never ever going to have any utility bills. You're never going to be paying for any electricity bills, for any water bills. That is comes all included in the price pretty much in, in the package. Um, and that's what makes these buildings so unique. I mean, you know, I think we're all familiar with how especially electricity bills have gone up incredibly in some places. I mean, I was looking even in Spain the other day, they're 300% higher than what they were last year. California's through the roof. And, uh, you know, not having to worry about that, not having to pay that, but also not having to worry about the grid, you know, going down or um, anything happening. You know, we've, we've had a lot of cases, we've built in Puerto Rico, for example, where the whole island is out of power after a storm. And the people that are on the airship are totally fine because you have your independent solar electricity. And so that's where, where the real savings come from. And does that include all in? Is that the engineering design procurement, the the uh, appliances? Yeah, okay. absolutely. That's that's, a, that's so, so it's equivalent to a mid to a high-end home on, on the cost. Uh, what about the construction? You know, these are very unique structures. How do you find a contractor to build these? So usually what we do is that uh, we have a few different ways of getting these done. We have an academy program here in Taos, which is our airship school. Um, and so we have about 200 to 250 students that come here every year and stay with us for a month. And they have both lessons in class and on the field. And most of these people then go and learn, obviously, how to build them here and then go and build their own. Um, if, you you know, a lot of people obviously don't have that time and just want to have an airship build, they come to us. And then what we do is that we organize a workshop where we come in with our crew. We usually bring a bunch of volunteers or students with us, too, that want to want to help build these. And that kind of brings the cost down for the client a little bit as well. And we knock them out basically in a month. So so in a whole month, you will you have a structure that is enclosed. You know, you will still have to do, you will still have to pick your toilet that you want to have in there and your tile and things like that. But we do everything that is airship specific. Then, you know, after that, we kind of hand it over to you um, or to the contractor of your choice to do all the finishes. I've found that the building code in America varies greatly from state to state, from locale to locale, and that it could be one of the biggest obstacles in sustainable innovation. Any special issues in permitting inertia? Oh, we've had a lot. Sure. <laughs> it's, you're not the only one. <laughs> no, I mean, I've been involved with this for 10 years now, and... Uh... You know, it is kind of interesting. When I first started, there was so much red tape. It was, you know, very difficult to do any of this. Now, fortunately, through COVID and through everything, all the disasters that have happened in the last four or five years, things actually have become a lot easier, um, and which is great. Um, you know, we did a build, I remember, in 2015 in Colorado, in Salida, 
And it was very difficult to get the permit for it and especially do the permitting for the tires and for the water recycling part. Those are kind of the two things that are most difficult. And now um, people in the planning departments in Colorado, whenever I contact them, they're like, oh my God, you want to build an airship here? Yes, please, of course. And pretty much welcome us with open arms. Um, so, you know, it has changed a lot. And I think with uh, there be, the, you know, there's a lot more uh, knowledge out there now that we need something like this because we need to be taking care of our planet more. And so that's what's making it easier and easier. Uh, the two places that I've found or three places that are most difficult still are California in in the U.S. for sure. And then in Europe, Italy and Spain, which is kind of funny because you would think that those three places just climate wise would be ideal for our ships. But, you know, step by step and little by little, poquito a poquito, as we say, <laughs> hopefully we'll get there. Well, water is a big issue in Western states, especially in Colorado, uh, uh, being able to use rain barrels and diverting it from recharging the aquifer can always be a challenge out there. Do you find that it's easier to build in rural areas versus uh, more urbanized ones, or is that just the opposite? Um, no, for sure. We do a lot of our builds in rural areas. Um, and I think that also comes with the people, the type of people that want to live sustainably and that want to be independent, and they usually want to be in a more, I don't want to say secluded, but maybe in a more quiet place. So we do a lot of our builds in, in rural areas, but we've also done them in town centers. We did uh, a build in Ushuaia in Argentina, right in the middle um, of it. And we've half designs actually even to builder ships on top of a skyscraper in New York, um, which is still kind of one of the projects that is still there and might still happen at some point. Um, but, you know, right now we're also kind of overwhelmed and have a lot of different projects going on. But that is something that is still there. Um, you know, one thing we do like as well as if people come here and then start adapting the airship principles to normal build buildings, to conventional houses, because obviously you can't just you know, tear down every house that exists in the world already and build an airship instead. So that is something that we look at a lot too, is just retrofitting existing buildings already. So I read through some of your material and some of the earthship owners actually rent their homes. Could you give us an idea of what the rental costs are for those homes? Yeah, we right here in Taos and well, everywhere really, uh, you can Airbnb, earthships. Uh, we have a nightly rentals program here as well. And, you know, all that profit goes back into building these and into our school. Uh, but we really encourage people to spend a night in an airship because it is very different. You know, you and I just chatting about this, or if you're actually going into one and you spend a night in an airship, especially if it's winter and it's, you know, freezing cold outside and you have three feet of snow, and you're staying in this beautiful building, you're feeling cozy, you're feeling comfortable, and you're seeing bananas and pineapples growing in the greenhouse. I mean, that is just an absolutely spectacular experience, which I would invite anybody to do um, at least once or put it on your bucket list because it is incredible. And uh, so, yeah, we have here in Taos, there's about uh, between our buildings and other buildings, there's probably between 20 and 25 airships that are available for nightly rentals. 
Um, but they're all over the world as well. I mean, as I said, and what do they range in price? It's probably it's between. I mean, there's everything from studios to three bedroom, three bathroom buildings. Uh, so they probably I estimate that they probably range between 80 and all the way up to $220 a night. Oh, but that's great. Like you said, it's a great way to experience it without actually owning one. And then once you get hooked on it, then you could make a decision to build your own. For sure. It's very easy to get hooked on them. <laughs> <laughs> well, they look excellent when I looked at all your uh, pictures. So one of the questions I had, you know, the climate varies so much in the U.S. from the arid southwest that's hot and dry to the Midwest, where we have extreme hot uh, temperatures to extreme cold temperatures with lots of snow. Do you have to make any provisions to the uh, functionality of these buildings based on where they're located? Yes, we do adapt them a little bit. We have it down now to a model that pretty much the basics of it works everywhere in the world. Um, and we have four different Earthship models that have these characteristics. But then, of course, anywhere where we are, the first thing that we will look at is the climate. Uh, how many hours of sun is there? How many days of sun? How much rain do you have? And then we kind of uh, modify the design of it a little bit depending on that. So we might have a bigger roof span in places where it doesn't rain that much and bigger cisterns in a place that it doesn't rain that much so that you can capture, harvest and store more water at once in places where it rains all the time. That is not that much of an element so you can have less cisterns and a smaller roof because it rains all the time and you probably don't need that much water. You, We also look at what the consumption is especially for water, you know, it's not the same if you have four people living in a home or if there's just one person living in a home. Um, then we look at the solar system. So we work with our own licensed solar engineers here to make sure that we have a big enough of a solar power system so that you don't run out of power just because it's cloudy for three days in a row. Um, so depending on that, we look at it a little bit and, and kind of just modify the design. Um, in hot places, in tropical places, you don't need to have a greenhouse. Usually in what we have in the Northern Hemisphere is that most airships have a south-facing glass front, uh, which makes them passive solar homes where they capture all the sun rays coming in, all the light and the warmth coming in that heats up the building. If you are in a tropical place, for example, if you are in Puerto Rico or in Haiti or in, in any tropical place, you don't need that because you need to be cooling the building, not heating it. So we modify the design a little bit. But as I say, we have four uh, key models, one being a little bit more economic. You can have a two-bedroom, two-bathroom house for $250,000 um, to a global model airship, which is what we call, which is kind of like the luxury version of an airship, um, which would be more about, you know, 500000 to $600,000. And to us, it's important that we have that range, again, to make sure that everybody's needs are covered. Um, the more economic one, we're actually looking at doing an affordable housing project with, which we're looking at rolling out in the next couple months. So don't tell anyone, just kidding. <laughs> and uh, looking at, actually working with grants and with um, you know local planning offices to make sure that we can somehow launch this affordable housing program because 
high rent is unfortunately a problem in many places. And, you know, there's a lot of programs out there, but if you give somebody a house, but you still need to be paying really high utility bills, that is not that great. And if you have a, you know, an affordable housing program with a house where you don't have these bills and that takes care of you. So, Well, these homes are very cool and I think they're hard to describe over the radio. Uh, so a picture is worth a thousand words and your website, earthshipbiotexture.com, earthshipbiotexture.com uh, will allow you to view examples of earth homes that you've built. Um, so I encourage people and our listeners to go take a look at that. Deborah, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners or any closing comments you have? Come on down. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was actually going to mention that one of the things about Earthships that's great is that they have very good audio in them because they have these really thick tire walls. So they're very good for radio shows. So, you know, (laughs) next time you want to talk about Earthships, if you want to do it from down here in Taos, New Mexico, please feel free. And of course, inviting all the listeners to it's really it's it's a you know a privilege for me to be able to talk to so many people about this and i'm very passionate about it and you know hoping that it is not the solution to all of our problems but it is one of the solutions to kind of go in the in the in a better place well and that's why we got you on the show because we do have to change our built environment we do have to conserve our resources and you've got something that you're putting into action you're evolving your concept and getting it more efficient every time you build So I really enjoyed talking with you and thank you for joining us on the Green Sense Show. Thank you so much. My pleasure. That's Deborah Binder, the Executive Director of Earthship Biotexture, explaining the sustainable benefits of living in a home that uses little resources and has little impact on the environment. Visit the GreenSenseShow.com website to learn more about sponsorship. I'm Robert Colangelo. Thank you for listening to Green Sense and check out the Green Sense Minute every Thursday and Saturday on 105.9 FM, WBBM, Chicago. Green Sense Show is sponsored by CEA Technology, providing a sustainable modular indoor growing system. Visit ceatechn.com to learn more.